This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following. Shout out! Daniel Berg, Charles Muir, Joshua Kahi, Sarah Reynolds, Don Willis, with lots of L's and lots of S's, Alexander Rudiger, Wayne Mallet, Adam Rellin, Christopher Parsons, and Benjamin Wixer. Not to be confused with Benjamin Franklin. He's on a $100 bill. But in any case, they are all fine and faithful spoilerites. Were it in my power, I would put their face all on a bill, maybe like a 75-cent bill, because we need such a thing, really, honestly. And this one goes out today. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, I haven't done my homework yet, and you know how my parents get, but I don't care because all my friends are going to be there. Let's go MSP today. We're going to rock your body all the way. We're going to rock your body till Canada Day, and the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 534 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening to this free podcast that we produce for you each and every week. Uh, Later in the show, we'll be talking 100 Bullets from uh, Brian Azzarello. But first, let us get into some rumor news this week. Ooh, secret rumor. Rumor, 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 rumor. Watermelon, cantaloupe, watermelon, Secret Six is in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, or are they? Is Simon Pegg Ant-Man? Or is he Batman? Batman. And Ewan McGregor wants to return as Obi-Wan in the next Star Wars movie. Let's spin that wheel of rumor and see what the wheel of rumor rumor sounds different. The wheel of rumor sounds like this. Oh, that's why we don't use that wheel. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to stop that. No more rumor. We need to oil that wheel, I think. (laughs) I think we need to stop oiling that wheel. (laughs) I think we just need to burn it. Ian McGregor wants to return as Obi-Wan in the next Star Wars movie. Uh, Zach, what's up with all this? Ewan McGregor. So, you know, he was in the uh, prequels as some Obi-Wan action. Yes. And, you know, they... they, they... I think think in the credits, if you look at (laughs) Ewan McGregor (laughs) as some (laughs) Obi-Wan action. (laughs) Right, right. And so they already put Hayden Christensen as a ghost man in episode six. Yes. So, now... I think what he wants is to become Ghost Obi-Wan. So, uh, Rodrigo, is this possible? Can we have Ghost Obi-Wan in the Star Wars universe? I don't see why not. I mean, actually, this is before. this is probably the most plausible thing I've heard so far about. Right. Uh, well, the... we've seen uh, Ghost Obi-Wan in uh, Empire Strikes Back and, of right, course, Return right. of the Jedi. And apparently in the expanded universe, uh, there is an instance where he comes and counsels uh, Luke Mm-hmm. And so, if we're looking at yes, older but characters, in the expanded universe, everything. Happens. He's just—I'm pretty sure he's like uh, in the expanded universe. There's like a little haunted house where he hangs out. <laughs> Ooh, haunted all the, house yes, party. All the all the Jedi just hang out. They're like, <laughs> and Disney owns them all. Yep, and now Disney owns it. So there you go. So there you go. Now, when you're at the uh, haunted house ride, as you go through that last part yep. where they take your picture with the ghost, it's now Obi Wan, yep. Yoda, yep. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right, that, the that haunted girl with the Jedi the, uh, haunted mansion, the, the head thing. Yep, <laughs> the head thing. Yeah, what? What is her name? Do you the, know her name? Uh, the, the bald the one. Twi- oh, the twi- Ashoka. Well, her race of people. There's an older Jedi. They're, oh, she, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You mean Shakti? Okay. <laughs> with the big head. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought that was the other guy. Uh, You're thinking of Bib Fortuna. No, Bib Fortuna wraps his head around his neck. Right. There's a Jedi whose head is a Fortuna. gourd. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is Carmina Um. Anyway, what do you? What kind of credence do you give to this rumor? Yeah. Uh. Sure. I mean, well, they have part of me says I okay. hope. Oh yeah. It's oh, done. it's. I mean, they're, they're yeah. They're, they yeah. shoot. They'll start shooting next year or soon. yeah, very soon. They're gonna have to start shooting, shooting soon. Um, part of me want wanted once this next episode of Star Wars to be far enough where we couldn't have anyone from the old any of the six movies jump in. But that's, I mean, the likelihood of that ever <laughs> no, going we already to happen. Know that Luke, well, yeah, as I'm saying, Han Solo right? Like so him. we've already had all those people say. So all my dreams got crushed. So why not? Just throw everyone in. I want everyone to be in this movie now. Even the ghost of uh, Elvis. the little uh, Ewoks. Ewoks, around. absolutely. I don't want them to blink. Wicket J. Warwick uh, is going to show up as a force ghost. Right. And he's, uh, he's Por- going to show up with... Yeah. I really want Porkins, Porkins. ghost to be there. Porkins. Yeah. Yeah. Porkins ghost. Ghost. He's going to be walking around the haunted mansion. Oh, I'm still oh, too fat. Oh, no. I'm still too fat. I want Sebulba and Jar Jar to have a really deep meaning uh, uh, conversation somewhere in the middle. That'd nice. be great. Nice. About yeah. Banta Puju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pod racing and, <laughs> yep. and Metachlorians. What do you care? Do you care about any of this, Rodrigo? Uh, I I was also on the camp that that would have preferred a a movie that was very removed from the previous uh, trilogies. I think I think though that this like the the moment that they said, "Oh, the guys from um, Star Wars: A New Hope and um, Return of the Jedi," and you know the, the original trilogy, once they said those guys are coming back, right. they really opened the door for this stuff. Oh, yeah, I yeah. would imagine. That this is actually going to happen. I would not bet against this. No. What would you rather see, Matthew? Would you rather see uh, Ewan McGregor come back as a ghost Obi-Wan? Or would you rather see a standalone movie featuring Obi-Wan in the time between uh, episode three and episode four? Hmm. Um, the time between episode three and episode four. Oh, yeah, episode three and four, yeah. I mean, granted, mm. he's hanging out and tattooing a lot, but no, well, you know, maybe he has do uh, stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah it doesn't There's mean he can't travel years. away from tattooing, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Um, Obi Wan's Outer Rim Adventures. <laughs> I will say That's this: the of, of the things in the Phantom Menace, <laughs> are there what? What of oh, all I the things know. in the Phantom Menace? Of all the things in the Phantom Menace, I think Ewan McGregor is probably one of the least offensive, mm-hmm. and I feel like his characterization. Um, really built on what you know Alec Guinness had done without turning it into a, a horrifying, disgusting mess, which is frankly what I expected. So I would, I would say that I don't know if I want to see a solo Obi Wan movie. <laughs> solo, <laughs> mostly because I don't know if I want to see any solo Star Wars movie because Star Wars movies haven't yet been about solo characters for me. And I'm a little worried that it would just turn into, you know, Boba Fett in the Born Identity. Would Would you like to see, like, uh, oh, the Fett Identity? Oh, exactly. Ooh, yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, and that like, would, right, be, right, that so would a, be. That's how you do it. He's on Tatooine. He has to work for the. No, if you were if you were going to do the Fett Identity, is like one of the clones mm-hmm. was Thinks not programmed Boba. properly, 
and right. he's actually thinks he's Boba Fett. So then you have this adventure where like they're coming, they're coming after right. him, and he, and he to, has to and hook up a, with like Ig eighty eight, yeah, and run through and space and and, time. and and Lola from Run Lola Run, exactly, <laughs> and and the Red Ranger from uh, from uh, Gekki Ranger, and they yeah. all come together they, on a big rowboat. They kind of did a. Um, Kind of a, the very first Star Wars, well, not the first Star Wars, not the Tartakovsky one, um, but the uh, the 3D series. Mm-hmm. In the first one, which was a movie that they actually released in the theaters, right, right. it had uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan going after one of the baby huts that had been kidnapped. Nice. And it was kind of that you've got you know so much time to get the kid and get him out and hmm. do yeah. all that stuff. So I would say that whatever they do, I would hope... And this is just my personal preference, and I don't want to shoot anybody's hopes in the foot, but I would hope that they don't use existing expanded universe premises, not because they're bad or inferior, but because that really would, to me, that would set an unpleasant precedent that we're going to be tied to what has gone before instead of saying, okay, here's something we're going to do Star Wars, we're going to try and do something new and different, we're going to try and avoid the pitfalls that have caused, you know, because I think one of the biggest complaints about the the second trilogy, the prequel trilogy, is that it kind of disappears up its own butt in terms of continuity mm-hmm. to where everybody gets an origin that's all tied together. And, you know, it's all self-referential. And the end of The Phantom Menace is a reference to the end of Star Wars, which is a story that takes place 25 years later. So, I mean, you you get to a point where... I feel like there were diminishing returns, even though there are some really great stuff, like the big fight on top of the lava pit. But I'd like them to see, you know, do something entirely different. And if you know, for the for the animated series, they did keep everything pretty, you know, out of the expanded Mm -hmm. universe, as far as I know. I mean, there may have been a character or two that popped up, but but that's that's largely because as they were making the prequels, Mm -hmm. Lucas like carved out that space right, it was right, like right. Don't, don't nobody do anything around here except in very peripheral situations i just hope we get to see a seven foot tall rabbit in one of these movies key adamundi that's the guy's name right key right adamundi and asajj ventress are the ones that i liked who were just like oh, i'm in the background and my head's a gourd doopy doopy doop yeah all right everybody you can head over to majorspoilers.com you can check out these rumors and a few more Including uh, the rumor that is Simon Pegg playing Ant Man. <gasps> I don't think that. I mean, that's got a that has a that ranks up higher, I think, than Ewan McGregor in the next Star Wars movie as a ghost. I, I you think that's Simon more Pegg. likely. That's is more that, likely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Simon Pegg. What was our other like, rumor? How would you rank that? Uh, Secret Six and the Amazing Spider-Man Two. I know that they had oh, mentioned. It was the it Sinister, Sinister Six? Sinister Six. Yeah. Yeah. I know they had mentioned. Um, Somebody playing the vulture, and those rumors denied. We already know yeah. that um, uh, John Adams is going to be Rhino, and we know that um, um, Jamie Foxx is playing Electro. Mm-hmm. And Paul Giamatti, pa- yeah, Paul Giamatti uh, <laughs> played John Adams. Right. There's a great, great many series. If you guys haven't seen, when that you on say HBO. John Adams, I think Mr. Feeney, because he played John Adams in 1776. So you know, you've only got. Really, those three. Uh-huh. So, what else goes on with that, Zach? About the rumor of the Sinister Six? Uh, there wasn't any character updates. It was just the uh, someone stamped a picture of the building on the side of it. It was painted on side of the wall was painted Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. 
maybe that's effect. maybe that's just what that production unit calls themselves. It could be maybe. <laughs> the thing it's, about the Sinister Six, though, is they usually have a Sandman involved. And well, and I isn't there usually a Doc Ock guys, in, as well? And I think I think well, here's yeah. here's the here's the great way. Someone was like. Well, how could you put the Sinister Six in a movie? Here's the way you do it. You just do it a montage, and those characters are in there just for such a yeah. short time. I've totally, that Peter Parker is taking down the, the yeah, Vulture. I totally, I totally thought sequence. about that. You want to you hear my pitch for this movie that they're making okay. instead? Yes, when Stacy dies. No, no, no. Oh. So um, somebody, basically a bunch of crooks knock over a um like an osborne industries like experimental like convoy like they're transporting mm-hmm. an experimental delicatessen mm-hmm. yeah okay. um they're they're uh <laughs> it's exploding reuben um <laughs> they, it's one of one of spider-man's greatest villains um yeah they're, they're transporting these weapons bad guys come in and they shoot them down and they're all like basically a bunch of like experimental armor so you get like a rhino type armor a right. vulture type armor and these guys just scatter and start committing crimes throughout the united states so it's like spider-man and his cute girlfriend on a road trip going to all of these cities <sighs> and like stopping right. bad guys so it's like you get to see spider-man in chicago you get mm-hmm. to see him in like i don't know some like you know uh, warsaw i don't know right right yeah there you go lake havasu yes Flagstaff, Cucamonga, yes. Walla Walla, Anaheim. <laughs> well, that's kind of a given. It is. It would be. It property. would be. It would be funny to see Spider-Man on the West Coast and have him be like, "Aha!" It's like, "Oh my God, your buildings are so short here. <laughs> Nothing. You're so <laughs> spread out. <laughs> You're so spread out. Have to use your special Peter parkour. Take all of right. uh, L.A. and Orange County and compress them into two and a half miles. So and that, that would be New York. On yep. the uh, Amazing Spider-Man video game, where you can just sling through Central Park with just nothing. He's not hooking oh, up anything. Yeah, you just yeah. sling it into the sky. Yep. You can just do that in the movie. Well, there Little do you know that there's a giant crane that's right. always yeah. above the this city. Following him. It's the highest crane in the world. They built it exclusively <laughs> for Spider-Man. Spider-Man's webbing can attach itself to clouds. <laughs> it's dreamy and magical. Yeah. It's made of unicorns. <laughs> right. There's always a sun in the sky. Uh, you can also head over to Major Spoilers and you can check out World of Warplanes. I have no idea what that story is about, but there are those stories, <laughs> reviews, and a whole lot more. And heck, you can even become a VIP, a Major Spoilers <gasps> VIP. $2 a month. Listen to this. $2 a month, you get access to the, uh, the bronze level, and you get some behind-the-scenes sketches and artwork done by our own very Adri- uh, our own uh, Adriana Ferguson, who does uh, Trell on Critical Hit. I also found a bunch of sketches that um, uh, D&D Brian did that I might put up. And if you guys remember, uh, what's his name, who used to do the art for... Uh, 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 Dante, mm-hmm. uh, I found a bunch of his stuff that we haven't shown before. So you'll be able to see all of that original art over there, exclusive stuff. If you're a silver member at $5 a month, you get all the bronze level stuff, plus you get access to uh, bonus tracks, which is our commentary track for movies. comes out once a month. In the month of September, we've got uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We've already done uh, Star Wars, A New Hope. Uh, you also get access to some behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you are a $10 a month subscriber, a gold member gold member mm-hmm. <laughs> um you get all the bronze all the silver plus you get even more behind the scenes stuff uh you get to do a monthly live chat with us uh and then once we reach our goal we're still trying to hit that goat uh we will open up two new shows one for our five dollar and up members and one exclusively for our ten dollar a month members so you want to sign up now get on board a lot of people are loving what we've got over there right now. Mm-hmm. It's all going to a good cause to make sure that you have more entertainment to keep you occupied throughout the day, because that's what we like doing at Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. 
All right. Let us get to some reviews. reviews. This week we're I doing things a little This week we're doing things a little bit differently. No comic books in our review section this week. Instead we're take, talking about pop culture things. Pop culture things because you know at the very beginning of the show we talk about major spoilers. Mm-hmm. The podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Right. So what's bigger pop culture than Plants vs. Zombies? Plants vs. Zombies 2. Wow. I think, when did it come out? Like, just last week or last, something? Yeah, like very last week. Holy crap. I've been, I, I sat down and played with this uh, over the weekend. Lots can, of fun. I, I can see that, like, I, Stephen has, like, this, like, <laughs> full-on stubble right I'm now. I'm wearing a pot on my yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> so, this time, uh, the premise is the zombies are attacking, you have to fight them off with plants. With a twist. Dave fancies a taco and sends you back in time... He wants to go back a day so he can get that taco again uh, and eat it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he sends you... Too far. Too far. And uh, in level one, there's three stages right now. I'm sure they're going to expand with additional stages. But the first level is uh, Ancient Egypt. Uh, next one is Pirates. And the third one is Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But inside a level, uh, it builds. So uh, I think in the... If you just walked all the way through the level, there's like 11 stages yeah. of zombie attacks. Wow. But you can take these, quote unquote, side quests or side paths that get you different plants like the double-headed sun uh, flower mm-hmm. or the uh, um, the one that eats the tombstones. Um, I forget what other one that comes in on that. Uh, but you have to take these other quests, and those are progressively harder. At the same time, you're also trying to gather stars so that you can unlock the time warp. Or I'm sorry, in the, in the Egyptian level, it's the Temple of Doom, uh, so that you can go in and get a bunch of stuff there. You also are trying to collect keys so you can open up the time warp so you can go up to the pirate level. So there's all these different motivations of trying to clear these levels to progress through the game. The other thing, and this is what I've seen as the biggest complaint from people online, is they've also included in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. So you have these things called seeds that if you apply them to different plants, they do different things. So, for example, if you apply them to just the pea shooter, suddenly it becomes a machine gun pea shooter for five, ten seconds, and it just blasts everything in, in the line. Uh, the bonk choys start punching rapidly in all directions and, and uh, knocking out people. Uh, the one that I like is dropping it onto the little frozen, what is it, the frozen pea? Because the it the, freezes... The ice pea. Ice mm-hmm. pea. It freezes every... Or sorry, uh, snow peas. Snow peas. That's what it, it is. It freezes everybody on the screen, mm-hmm. and so your guys can launch massive attacks and destroy the zombies that way. You can earn those by collecting a thousand coins, uh, or you can buy coins online, mm-hmm. which is where people are like, "Well, geez, this is just like fill in the blank." What was that last game I was playing? That was that. Oh, oh uh, Candy Crush. Yes, the wife <laughs> was playing Candy Crush. She's like, "Well, I really want to get to the next level, but I don't want to spend ninety 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 nine." I was like, "Well, don't." And you can get through these levels, but personally, I think, and of course, I've always got the conspiracy theory where everyone's trying to cheat me. But in this case, uh, I think it may be because some of these levels are so hard that without some of those seeds, it becomes very difficult to complete the level and in you know in a two or three rounds, but um, a luck a luck issue. The seeds, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. the seeds you can pick up from zombies. You can pick them so. up from zombies, but I mean, really, literally, oh, yeah. on some levels where. You, uh, they've even got some timer one. There's an interesting one where you have to wait 90 seconds before you plant anything, yeah. wow. before you spend a sun. And, of course, zombies are coming on and, and uh, different things. That's one of the goals that you need to complete. And so there's this urgent incentive to go ahead and try to get as many of those seeds as you possibly can right. to wipe out those zombies. 
And if you've only got one and they don't carry over from level to level, mm. you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that uh, brings up a lot of frustration. The graphics are, I think, so much better than the last time uh, we played yeah. Plants vs. Zombies all, all those many years ago, two mm-hmm. years ago or whatever it's been. Plombies. Um, still a fun game. Still the same basic tower siege. Right. Um, and I think that there are some good combos that once you find that combo, you can pretty much ride that for about eight or nine levels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's the it's the twist of the storyline, trying to uh, get through the level and to get all the stars on the level. Because once you complete uh, the first pass, you can go back and try to complete three stars on all the levels again. And it's not the same level. It's actually mm. like three different levels inside level one. That's cool. And they're progressively harder. Yeah. Um, you played it, Zach? Yeah, I really like it. And I saw people complaining about the in-app purchases, like before it came out even. And then I started playing and I realized I thought I was going to have to buy... Like levels. all the levels, I was going to buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have like if you just play the game mm-hmm. enough, you unlock. Oh like, yeah, you, lo- you unlock can, you everything. Can, you can get enough stars to go to the next world. Yeah. But you're gonna have to, you can go back and play the levels. And I mm-hmm. thought that would get boring, but you get you have to get you only get one star after you beat the first pass. You go back to play a level, you get one star at a time. So mm-hmm. there's like three sets of objectives for every level. Yeah. And they're all different. So I think there's enough variety nice. in the game that replaying it is still unbelievably fun and then you can still not pay five dollars to oh, get the I'll, cowboy. I'll admit world. that I paid the the money for the twenty thousand coins so I could just blast them with oh, really? with just shower down death and destruction. I like, I like the, the uh the head pincher power up. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's some other things too that you can use your coins to buy uh, ways that you can clear the zombies on the screen without using your plants. Mm-hmm. Like you spend 800 coins and you can go in and pinch the zombies' heads and make nice. them explode. Mm-hmm. Or you can pick them up and fling them off the screen. Or the other one the is electrocute one. Yeah, I like, don't like that one. Yeah, that one's pretty I don't hard understand to, that one. Yeah, it doesn't work nice. very well. Um, music's still fun. The I think the, the other thing that gets a little tedious is in addition to Dave, who's always <laughs> uh, you have a smart-talking time machine car Ah, uh, time machine car. And instead of being able to just skip, you know, at the start of a level and they pop in, and if you're playing the level again, they still pop in and there's no way to skip that. Right. That gets a little dull. Uh, otherwise, though, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's a great diversion for 30 minutes or whatever that your 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 time spent on the toilet. Uh, I'm giving this uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf. Plants vs. Zombies 2 out now. It's free, except for the in-app purchases if you go that route. So Plants vs. Zombies 2. Uh, I really wanted to go see Elysium this past week. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to go see it yet. Zach, have you seen it? I haven't, but I wanted to. Rodrigo saw it. I did. Woo! Got a chance to. What'd you think? Is it worth my time? Um, short story, I would skip it. Oh, no. Um, long story, here's the deal. Matt Damon, the only white person in Los Angeles, seriously, um... <laughs> In the future, in the future, there's no white people in Los Angeles anymore except for Matt Damon, uh, who is also Hispanic. Uh, his name is Max Da Costa in this. Um, mm. Yes, already, already mm. quite suspect. Um, he is a factory worker with a tumultuous past. Um, he, um, at some point, gets irradiated by robot-making radiation. Oh, no. And then he's like, oh, I got to get to that satellite where all the rich people live um so he tries because to, they have the cure right they because have because cure. they everybody in their house has this thing that cures you of cancer wow okay every house has it um so <laughs> 
So, uh, well, Rodrigo, awesome. why are they not sharing this with the people down on Earth? Because they don't. Because they're because they're yes, because they're mean and they're rich. Freaking Jodie Foster. Um, Jodie Foster is in this. She has a weird she also accent. Play, does she also play a, a, a white person? She who's o- no Spanish. Well, she plays like a French person. Oh, okay. It's, it's like it's, <laughs> oh, we finally get our revenge. It's, yeah, it's it's uh-huh. kind of it's kind of like they just like had this hat of nationalities, <laughs> yeah. and everybody just kind of drew one. Fortunately, the South African guy actually got South African, <laughs> but he just went all over it because it's very difficult for me to understand what he was saying. But that's because I'm not familiar with the accent, really. Um, let's see. So, um, obviously, lots of spoilers here. So, if you do want to see it, you know, the, the, you you should you should skip ahead to. Um, yeah, you should just you should have stopped several minutes. Ago. Yes, this is it's too late now. So he. I don't want to see it anymore. So. Um, Matt Damon tries to get over there. At some point, uh, 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 his old girlfriend and his old girlfriend's daughter get involved. And then... Is it his daughter? I don't think so. Okay. The timeline doesn't quite work out for it to be his daughter. Um, well, maybe. Um, and then basically 10 plot holes later, Matt Damon (laughs) saves the universe. (laughs) Um, the movie is very, the movie is very violent, very bloody, mm-hmm. kind of slow, has a lot of confusing, uh, plot holes to it. Um, a lot of things happen apparently for no reason. Um, and it's like very confusing to like, if it's trying to get a message out, like it's like, so like some one of the first things we see is a bunch of people from earth from Los Angeles, try to get into Elysium, which is the satellite where all the rich people live. Right. All the people on Earth are are brown. They're all like, they're all Hispanic. All the all the people that we see are either Hispanic or Asian, mm-hmm. and they're like trying to get into Elysium, and they get like shot down or they get deported. So it's like okay, kind of like, kinda like uh, it's a parable of yeah, yeah. migration so into yeah, so the United States. Yeah, so it's like States. okay, okay. So so you're doing this immigration thing. All yeah. right, I can see it. Where are you going with this? Where they're going with this is then a white Adonis arises from the masses and 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 basically makes Elysium. Yes, he does. He does. He makes Elysium available to everyone oh, okay. um, by by his by his mystic grace. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was just watching this whole thing with my mouth open. Um, because it's that racist? Oh, well, that and because I was eating. Oh, okay. Like, I, I had, a, I had, the, like, this bag of jelly beans <laughs> that I smuggled in. Um, I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily, well, it's, it's clearly not purposeful. So, did you see Neil Blomkamp's, um, District 9? I Have did see seen District that? 9. So, are there a lot of the same themes that... There are, I would say that very much like District 9, there are some seriously, seriously confused racial themes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people are like, ah, oh, District 9 is like this parable for apartheid, but it's terrible because <laughs> the prawns, they mm-hmm. specifically state that they can't take care of themselves. Right, right. It's like they, leave in, they live in these awful conditions because they come to Earth and they can't, they're idiots. Right. And it's like, what, what are you saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like this movie kind of does the same thing. There are some like mild redeeming mm-hmm. aspects. Like there's a Hispan- there's a couple Hispanic characters in it that are like interesting and sensible and not at all like bullheaded idiots like the main character. Play- played by Machete? Uh no, no, no. He's not in it? No. Okay. Um I I'm pretty sure Danny Trejo is not in it. He okay. might play a robot. Okay. But mm. um He's probably obsessed not. with robots, Neil Blomkamp. 
uh, his next movie, Chappie. Have you seen the trailer for uh, no, it? No, I haven't seen his. Well, his style, like his apparently his style is this, like post-apocalyptic, like low-tech yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of robot stuff. Like the the robot designs are really cool. They mm-hmm. are like oh, yeah, sure. they look like robots that we could have in ten to twenty sure, years. Sure, sure, sure. Cool. You know, there's not. There's no, like, synthetic skin or anything like that. They're fully mechanical, very humanoid. They use, like, actual human weapons, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't have, like, all these crazy built-in blasters <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. they're just, like, robots meant to be stronger people so that they can basically keep people down. A lot of that stuff is cool. The ship designs are very cool. The design of Elysium is very cool. The, you know, the, the, the juxtaposition between, um, like, Do you when have, you see when Elysium. you beat someone over the head... With this stuff, do you have to make everything as uh, br- vastly different in order to get the message it's, through? Because if well, they were too similar, well, what's the well, point no, of going uh, to no, obvious? Well, no, this movie is very... Um, and it's... I, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I don't get what message is doing. Like, mm-hmm. you can say that it's heavy-handed in that sense, but mm-hmm. I think the message is very confusing. Um, the The movie is very much like... Here are the people in Elysium. They live in a wonderful paradise. Here are the people on Earth. They live in squalor. Mm-hmm. Like the bad, like they're basically the um the there's the bad lady, and she has like a soldier that does stuff for her, and he is like literally the worst person. He is a like war criminal, rapist. Mm. Like they just like go through his rap sheet. Like he like eats puppies. Um, oh. He, like, I don't know, he's probably, like, related to Dracula. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, like... Now, actually, that might make him cooler. Um, like, they just they just go through, and they're like, here's this very, very bad person. This right. very, very bad person does bad things. And then, of course, they take the girlfriend and daughter and bring him in, like, very close proximity so that it makes you feel all icky inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wonderfully shot, edited. Very pretty. Everything's mm. very pretty. If you are into ultraviolence, you know, a guy gets his face blown off yeah, yeah, yeah um and if you're into special effects that face then gets reconstructed with the magical elysium technology i mean as you know there's a lot of cool special effects you know district nine was hyper violent super yes, uh, yes. in that way and it's uh, like that lots of people blow up and i don't mean lots of people are caught in explosions yeah i mean lots of people blow into people chunks oh boy um, my problem with District 9 was when I watched it, I was like, okay, I see the message that he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. It's also hyper-violent. Yes. Not that I mind the hyper-violence to a point, but I think the thing that bothered me and the reason why I probably won't go and see this in the theater is because people were cheering and yelling uh. when and clapping when you know people yeah. were getting killed. I'm like, you people disturb me That's if weird. this is the kind of stuff that you're into. Now, the concept and the story and, and just the fact that I, I like that style of what District 9 was... I'll probably watch this when it hits the iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it worth? Is it uh, you said I, skip I, it? I would I would pass on it in the theater. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two slices of meatloaf again. It's if you are into that gritty like um, dystopia stuff, it's worth watching because of the special effects and the ships and the guns and mm-hmm. all that other stuff going on. Um, other than that. There's almost nothing about this movie that isn't either a concept that we've seen before, which right. is not a big deal. I mean, you know, a lot of these movies like basically piece together sci-fi concept mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But you're not going to see anything too new or you're not going to see something that isn't a weirdly confusing, possibly slightly racist theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the thing that's fascinating about Blancomp's uh, work is that 
it's all it always expands on things that he's done previously as really short films mm. like District 9. There's actually a short film that he did that has really cool special effects, did it all himself. But it's basically a trailer for what District 9 would right, become. Right. And it's really popular. I don't know if there's anything like that for Elysium. I know for Chappie, his next film. No, uh, no the, entire, the entirety of District 9 was the trailer to make Elysium, I think. <laughs> was it? Okay. So. Well, because you look at it and it kind of looks it's similar. It's like, oh, this is District 9's cousin. But if you go over to um, uh, YouTube and you look for Tetraval, uh, T-E-T-R-A-V-A-A-L, you'll find uh, the short film that Blomkamp did in uh, 2003 which is basically what he's expanding on to bring Chappie to life whenever it's his next film, which comes out, I think, in 2014 or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. So, well, that's sad that it's only two uh, two stars. I figured Matt Damon would, uh, you know, yeah. Matt, he, Matt he gets pretty Matt blowhardy Damon. about stuff, but uh, Matt I Damon's figure... Matt Damon's a good actor, but again, it's like he is he's playing a character who's not very sympathetic. And then, okay. and then on top of that, they actually, and, and I mean, they're, they're good about making him spe- speak as little Spanish as possible, but it's like when he does, you're like, this is not a guy who grew up here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we don't know much about his background. Like, he could be just like I just like figured this. he was a soldier or something, and that's... No, he's, he's, actually, he's actually a gangster. Ah, okay. Mm. Like, a, like a thug mm. well, kind of gangster. iTunes it. I'll iTunes yeah. it. Um, speaking of the iTunes, I have been downloading the fifth season of uh, Venture Brothers because uh, I don't watch it on the regular television. Matthew, you. My name's Steven, and I don't like regular television. Eh, it's not that I don't like it, it's just that there is so much crap out there that you have to filter through mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, that I'd rather not. I mean, I, I you know, every day Matthew's like, oh, GTA, how dare you do this again? I'm like, well, why don't you turn to a different channel or turn it off? Because they don't have an option. You know, there's so much things that you can do, and what I like doing is going to iTunes and subscribing to a season's worth of a show. If he's watching, if he's doing GTA, he can't switch to a different channel because then he won't be able to play it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'll be like, I mean, like his Liberty, pew, Liberty pew, pew. City stories. So season the five, the uh, final season episode's five. already aired, Matthew. Yes, the final episode, and I actually missed it. It apparently aired uh, the tail end of July, so a couple of weeks ago. But um, I had missed it, and today I was like, man, I wish I had that final episode so I could watch the rest of the season. <sighs> you know, I sounded awful. And then I realized that um, my cable company offers on-demand. Yeah, and that's what? pretty cool when your cable company does that. Isn't that nice? What did my wondering eyes did appear about episode six, The Devil's Grip? And I'm like, holy crap, I can start watching this. So uh, season five picks up at a weird place for virtually all the characters. And the season five opener is utterly, utterly bizarre. Um, It it starts with basically Dr. Venture hiring a whole bunch of college interns who then end up getting mutated and turning into this weird Morlocks versus Eloy society. And I'm just like, yes, yes, you people are back and you're crazy. I like this crazy. So throughout the arc of the season are, uh, I say main characters, but the Venture Brothers really aren't the main characters of the Venture Brothers. Mm. But the Venture Brothers arcs are Dean is 16 and emo and has discovered the truth about his life. Do you know the truth about his life, Stephen? He's mm-hmm. a clone. He's a clone. clone and he's all, he's all emo and depressed about his clony life, whereas Hank has realized that He's actually vaguely awesome at certain things, and so Hank is trying to become 
I, I don't know, a super agent of the OSI or just a, a superhero, something. This The whole season is truly bizarre. And the fascinating part for me is in a show about failure where the, the basic – I mean, the basic premise is these people are all failures at what they do, with the possible exception of Brock. This season actually gave people some wins, and it gave people some some positive moments and some real strange but interesting character developments, which I really like. Everybody in the season, and really everybody in the show, appeared in the season a little bit, even uh, Captain Sunshine, voiced by Kevin Conroy, who is clearly not Superman, by the way, or Batman, or or Super Bat, uh, has his moment. But throughout the season, we basically have kind of a character arc where the brothers are trying to figure out what's going on. Brock has left the Venture household. Brock is now working with a, a reunited OSI. Henchman 21 has struck out on his own and is trying to rebuild Sphinx, which is kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., only not. And as we get through the season, we get to that final episode. I'm like, what are they going to do? This is really depressing and this is really kind of weird. And what they end up doing is that there's a whole moment where the monarch captures Dr. Venture and he's going to torture him. He's like, I'm going to torture you. Ha ha ha. And, of course, Dr. Venture has been tied up and beaten up and abused since he was six years old. So none of the torture really affects him. <laughs> it's hysterical. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, whatever. I, I've been deaf since I was nine. But we get to the end and they have a moment where Monarch just unties him. And he's like, yeah, nobody answered my ransom demands. This isn't fun anymore. This is just depressing. And these two people who are enemies for some reason – have a moment where they just commiserate about how miserable their lives are and how miserable everything is. And they both decide they're just going to go home. Venture goes home. Monarch goes home. And as, as we end that episode, I'm like, oh, my God, this is depressing. And then, of course, Monarch is like, ha, 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 I tortured him mentally. <laughs> hmm? And I crushed his spirit and left him destroyed. <laughs> And at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are brilliant. Ten years of the Venture Brothers, and they have done five seasons. I think maybe 60 episodes. I mean, there there's not a lot of Venture Brothers to be had, but it's almost always worth the wait. Mm -hmm. And season four was a weird one. Season four had uh, an episode with two plots, one going forward and one going backward chronologically. So we were jumping back and forth from segment to segment where the things that happened in the very first scene are actually the last things that happen in the episode chronologically. So I'm, I was very, you know, confused and weirded out by this, but this season has a couple of real high points. There's one episode that is entirely an interview cutting back and forth between people telling you what happened, the Rashomon trick. But, of course, they would say something, and he's like, what about that loser venture? And then they'd cut to Dr. Venture, and he's like, hey! Cutting back and forth between this, the characters and taking this huge, huge cast of people who all learn something important. And at the end, they all kind of go back home in, in a very literal way. It's interesting. The last scene of the last episode, Hank and Dean are sitting there, and Hank's like, what's been wrong with you? You've been wrong. You've been weird all year. And Dean finally takes a deep breath 
and he finally tells his brother the truth. And Hank is like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm a super cyborg clone being. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, you, you know, we said we weren't going to do comic books, but there is nothing more comic booky than all of the trappings of the Venture Brothers. Everything in it is very comic booky. At one point, you know, Brock does one of his Brock moments. Somebody's like, what are you, a superhero? He's like, hey, it's all just part of my job. But season five is a good one. If I were to say the season as a whole, four slices of meatloaf, there are a couple of episodes. The Devil's Grip is a, a five slice of meatloaf episode. And I think probably... Spedicopita is, is a five slice of meatloaf episode, which has an amazing twist at the end that is touching and horrible and wondrous all at once. I, I, you have to go see it because telling you about it will not do it justice. It'll just ruin it when you get there. So right. go and watch Spedicopita. All right, cool. Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. Venture Brothers, you can get it. Uh, I think it's also available on the Netflix already or not. Do you know? I think the first first one or two seasons, oh, okay. I think, are available right. on Netflix. Um, Netflix uh, recently got all of, like, the Cartoon Network properties, but, mm-hmm. like, only the first season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, I don't know that it's all. I think it may be. Well, I know that the DVD is going to be out soon, but I think it was or may be on the iTunes. Oh, yeah, it's definitely on the iTunes because yeah. I. Uh, Maybe talking out my face. No, no, it's on the iTunes because I buy a season pass on that, so. All right, thank you, Matthew. Uh, let you us check out some other uh, animation domination in the form of Fox's Axe Cop six eleven-minute episodes. Originally, I thought Zach was going to uh, talk up uh, the latest episode of Breaking Bad, but someone doesn't pay attention to his emails. Someone was on the road and didn't get his email, and, and he'd already been planning and writing the reviews. So we did that anyways. Um, so let us talk Axe Cop. It's a show that I've been curious about. Yes. Uh, after I ruined steven's plans for me this week i said hey i've got other plans for you oh uh, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> wow <laughs> uh, that's wrong um went over to the itunes and grabbed a couple episodes of axe cop there's six episodes right now uh i ended up just buying the season well there's five episodes out right now ended up buying the season pass and have not been disappointed at all i've watched through the first three episodes already like you said they're really short they're uh, I think 13 minutes when you download them from iTunes. Oh, okay. And worth uh, worth every minute. If if you've ever read any of the X-Cop, which admittedly I haven't read a whole lot, I've only read a couple issues of it, but you can get the tone of pretty much what X-Cop is after a couple issues. It's totally in the show. So, I mean, if you if you don't like X-Cop, then you're not going to like the show. Oh, but okay. if you think X-Cop is really funny and kind of smart, on a fifth, on a five-year-old kind of level, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you will love X Cop because, uh, let's see, in in the first, is it the first, uh, the first episode? He goes on a night mission and ends up finding one of his buddies whose friends got kidnapped, and they have to go to this uh, 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 a planet, and they do so by taking a giant ramp and they fly into space because it's up high. And they get a dinosaur horn. And there's a whole sequence of Axe Cop complaining with a dinosaur horn person about not wanting to buy a dinosaur horn. Because it's going to be cheaper right now to just rent it. <laughs> but there's always going to be late fees. And guess what? Axe Cop gets late fees. Uh, they ended up crawling inside the bad guy's head. 
<laughs> blowing the dinosaur horn to s- signal the dinosaurs from the dinosaur planet to fly to the bad guy planet to eat the bad guy's brain, but only the bad parts. So he's now he's just going to be a really dumb good guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what was other episodes? Some of the uh, though uh, space zomb oh island zombie island in space, where the most brilliant mind during World War II got kidnapped by Adolf Hitler and sent to Zombie Island in space to create a zombie army, but it went bad, and he tried to make this formula to make all the zombies good, but a zombie ate it. Oh, no, he ate the, the scientist's brain, so he became the smartest zombie in the world, then had a poop, which became the smartest poop in the world, and his name was <laughs> Dr. Doodoo, and his plan was to... Marry the Queen of England of of London, England, because that's where she's from. They say London, England about six times. It's actually kind of funny, because <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are, London, England. And to marry her, take the scepter, and with the scepter, he made everyone in the world poop their pants until they died. <laughs> but thankfully, Axe Cop uh, used his wish after saving the Queen to make all poop go into space and make people afraid of poop forever and they won't poop anymore that's how the episode ended so if any of that sounds kind of funny about the five and six year old (laughs) poop mentality i was just talking about a song my son made up and the the final line that he could think of is nobody's afraid of poop you know it's Mm -hmm. all right it's funny and and i i i I believe they ordered more episodes for this season yeah i think there's six more supposed to be coming yeah and so I hope that means we'll get 30-minute episodes of Axe Cop next summer, which would be awesome. Even if it's two, like, 11-minute episodes, I think that might even be better. Split it like the Nickelodeon does with SpongeBob. It says here that um, expanded to half-hour episodes should the show be renewed for a second season. So hopefully so. we're getting that. And I would, I don't know if the Axe Cop stories would work as full 30-minute episodes. I'm sure they could. I don't doubt that, yeah. but it might just be better to pack all that jokes in into like twelve minute episodes oh, yeah. for that thirty. And so that's what I hope to see. It's it's honestly really fun. It's really quick to get through. It's worth getting the season pass. I think it's fifteen dollars. Uh, I mean, you would like to see your money uh, go a little farther with some more content. Oh yeah, speaking of money going far with the uh, content, have you looked at the major spoilers VIP? Oh, Man, that's a so bargain. much content. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> but you, uh, I believe the last the last episode of Axe Cop will air on Saturday in the animation domination uh, thirty minute block with I don't remember some all high school US I don't know the other show it's tagged on with. the Archie ripoff. Sure, I haven't watched it. I have no idea what it is. It's called uh, High School USA, and yeah, it's what go. I like to call the Archie ripoff. Oh, okay. Uh, it's weird when you actually download it from iTunes because there's like Fox commercials in the beginning and the end. It's like, oh, look at all the cool stuff we have. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, they do I've never seen that before. Shows. Um, yeah. But I think it's definitely worth worth checking out if uh, yeah. anything I said sounds funny or if you've read Axe Cop and it thinks funny. I, I'm, I'm going to give yeah. the Axe Cop animated show uh, four slices of meatloaf. How long have right. you been on the show now, Zach? Uh, Over a year. So about a year, yeah. yeah. Year and a half. I was going to say, in that time, I, I don't know that anything you've said has sounded funny. 
Oh. Man, oh, too wow. mean. Too mean. You are so wow. mean. Dude, my God. You know, who, my mom said that the nice. other day. Yeah, so she did. Not the first time I've heard it. All right. <laughs> Your mom was like, <laughs> Zach, for as long as I've known you, you've never said anything. Not a, not a single thing. I'm uh, just now clicking on the uh, Amazon button over at the Majorspoilers.com website. No, don't do that. I've got and, to. Oh, uh, it's safe. Okay. You guys, you guys, <laughs> all you, okay. Steven tried it out. It's safe. You guys it can do safe. it now. Oh, and you know what? Okay. When you click on that button, <laughs> uh-huh. you can buy anything you want. You can buy 100 bullets, the trade that we're going to be talking about here shortly. Cool. 100. Apparently, the oh, big, uh, apparently, they've opened up a new fashion thing, so there's a whole new Actually, uh, new dresses can, ad on can the you, front. Can you buy bullets on Amazon? I don't potentially know. you could buy 100 bullets if you wanted. Let's see. Bullets. bullets I don't know bullets. that you can. MTM 100 round flip top rifle ammo box. Uh, high mark 30-06 bullet knife. Mm. Zilla, a Zippo bullet, bullet, a bullet knife bullet hole pocket lighter sounds like a Rambo gun <laughs> it's a knife made of bullets <laughs> no it doesn't look like you can buy actual bullets uh, but well, you, you can, can certainly buy a bunch of bullet related items including a Smith & Wesson M&P pistol medium for only $30 wow I'm a large so I can't use them <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a quadruple large. Oh, you can buy some uh, A-Zoom 9mm Luger Precision Snap Caps, a five-pack of those. Ah, Snap Caps. Snap Caps. Mm-hmm. I think those are the ones you just pop, 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 pop as a kid. Oh. Snap I thought those new uh, fancy uh, kid hats, the Snap Caps. They all think they're new. I'm going to start making they're you not. wear a beanie from now on. Listeners, I, I when usually head over to Major Spoilers. I usually do in the winter. When you uh, wanting to buy, when you're wanting to buy something over to Amazon.com, head over to MajorSpoilers.com. Click on that Amazon link. Buy your uh, bullet-related paraphernalia <laughs> or a beanie for Zach. <laughs> And when you check out, same price, same shipping options, all of that. A little bit comes back our way and helps keep this uh, big thing that we've got going afloat. Amazon.com. Check it out at Majorspoilers.com. And we thank everyone who's uh, been helping us out with that. All right. That is out of the way. Reviews are out of the way. Rumor news is out of the way. Time for that moment of the show. It's time. It is? It is. Do you know what it's time for, Stephen? What time is it? Time to bust a rhyme. Time to go online? No, yow, no, no, no. Yow, it's yow. Time. It's t- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I you said it was time for Busta Rhymes. <laughs> I'm frightened. Frightened and scared. And also, it's time for the millions in attendance. And Zach, who's kind of funny, I'll give him that. I mean, that was too, that was definitely a jerk maneuver. That was kind of awful. So, <laughs> Zach's you know, over apologize. here with tears in his eyes, man. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have tears in his eyes. He's just been smoking again. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. I told him that if he keeps smoking those things, I'm going to make him smoke a whole pack. But candy cigarettes burn. I think it's really a whole bowl. Is what I'm <laughs> it's not a pack. It's a bowl. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> It's time <laughs> for the major spoilers. Poll of the week, 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 week. He's making, week, a, week, he's making week. a joke about drinking drugs and s- smoking quaaludes. <laughs> smoking quaaludes. This one's I, sent in also uh, from our good friend uh, Silver Gray. Put down your whippets. Nice. He asked who would win in a fight nice. between Mr. Immortal or Vandal Savage, but I said, wait a minute. If these guys were actually fighting to the death and neither one can die, mm-hmm. what if they were fighting to the actual permanent death, one that they would never be able to resurrect from? Who would be more interested in losing that fight? No, to the Mr. pain. Mr. Immortal or Vandal Savage, Matthew Go. Well, there's a couple of things that you have to take into account here. Vandal Savage has many, many immortality delivery systems in place, including, you know, his own genetic downspouts 
so that he can kidnap random people and steal their liver when his liver runs out. And Vandal Savage has spent a lot of years trying to live forever, whereas Mr. Immortal kind of seems to have a death wish and want to die. So I believe that based on the primary characterization with which I am familiar, even though Vandal Savage is like 45 years older than Mr. Immortal, Mr. Immortal would probably want to lose and die for good because I think coming back from the dead hurts him, whereas Vandal Savage is just like, hello, I'm Vandal Savage. I'm very, very old. Uh, I also went with Mr. Immortal. Seems like a guy who just wants to put a gun to his head and pull the trigger every single time and not come back. Yep. Wow, that's dark. Although, (laughs) as a dark character, you know, someone who has just gone as far as he can, it almost seems if you were going to set up the final Vandal Savage story. Right. He has done everything that he can do to control the world, and every time he fails again and again and again he fails and yet he can't die and everything he does really becomes pointless yes he's uber rich yes he spawned many children's uh who he kills to harvest their organs from but Mm. ultimately he's just doing nothing so i would think that in this final vandal savage he gets this supreme bout of depression really looking back on his life over the millennium or millions of years and just says there's no point I want to kill myself. So the whole series is him trying to figure out how to kill himself. It's kind of like the life and times of Vandal Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ultimately he dies at the hands of Mr. Immortal. That Groundhog Day thing. I see, what is Groundhog Day? You know how you can tell the supreme <laughs> bout of depression, Zach? Uh, by ordering it's a supreme sour, It's got sour cream. Oh, no. So you I was going to say, yeah, say you, you can tell the supreme bout of depression because they uh, play with the temptations. <laughs> the supreme bout of temptation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Zach, Motown. What about, Zach, what about you? Uh, so I didn't really know who any either one of these characters was. So what even, I do? Did you bother to even look on the Wikipedia? Oh, look at this! Pulled it up. Mere, right, mere, right as you mere were hours pointing, before, right as, as you were pointing word, at as him. the word Wikipedia started coming. <laughs> as out. I have learned through my extensive research, uh, Mister Immortal was the leader of the Great Lakes Avengers, which sounds like a horrible team. Uh, I'm sure they were probably had cool moments, but let's be honest. That's, no, that's, they, like, that's, like, fourth, that's like fourth tier. The Great Lakes. Pe- most people can't even name all the Great Lakes anymore. <clears throat> um, I can name all the Great Lakes, you, but I can name all the Great Lakes Avengers. Can you name all the Great Lakes um, and, and, but also their uh, joining date and planet of origin? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. There's and Lake can you name all the great <laughs> there's, Lakers? There's Lake Bell. Uh, there's Lake Zach, Kitty Kaka. I always remember that one. Uh, um, so, but the, what I noticed from an image search of Mister Immortal, he seems like a kind of happy guy. Yeah, he seems like a guy who does his come back to. I don't know how he comes back to life, but he doesn't die. So he's like doing bar tricks, trying to pick up chicks mm-hmm. by uh, staying alive. Vandal Savage looked like a lonely, sad man. I haven't seen him smile yet in a Google image search. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, man. So, oh man! By that reasoning alone, what? I think Vandal Savage would rather lose and die. I just all right, all amazing. Right. And Rodrigo, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can top that. I think uh, but- the. Interestingly, what? I think um, 
the the answer to this question is kind of it doesn't matter. This is going to play out far into the future. None of us are going to be around to see it. Um, but if you were to posit opinion but, today, but if I was, yeah, if I was going to throw an opinion today, I would say I would probably say that Mister Immortal ends up biting it, and here's why: because okay. I think the way that this would play out is with both of them trying to somehow kill Resurrection Man enough times (laughs) for him to generate a power that can kill them both. There you go. But Vandal Vandal Savage um, has more experience with Mr. Immortal. I guess if they're actually trying to die, then yes, then I will give it to Vandal Savage. They live in the the same universe, so he's probably dealt with them before. So yes, basically they, they team up and figure out a way to kill Resurrection Man enough times for him to kill both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and but Vandal Savage bites it first. Did you? Uh, because did he's you, closer. Did you read that episode? Uh, that issue of Supergirl. I heard about it. I heard. Some, yeah. I, I think one we, of you guys one reviewed, of you reviewed it. it. Yeah, yeah. He's basically like, just keep killing me until I come up with a cure for cancer. Yeah. And she does, and then he gets to the hospital too late. Oh. How, how did the rest of the major spoilers nation vote, Matthew? <laughs> The rest of the Ranger Spoilers Nation is extremely depressed because, I mean, we're, we're voting on, on whether the blonde guy with the big smile or the bearded guy who freaks me out is trying to kill themselves. It's depressing. It is. However, well, not necessarily kill that, themselves, lose at the hand of the right. other person. Right. So suicide by cape, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah, 61% saying Mr. Immortal is more likely to want to bite it. 39% Vandal Savage because Vandal Savage is giving them that piercing gaze, and I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with his face there, but he, he scares me. He does. He's a scary guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just... Uh, what is the well, greatest Vandal Savage story? The greatest Vandal Savage story? Well, there's a couple of really good ones that I enjoyed, but I think my favorite is the aforementioned one where he uh, has been basically using people as... Oh, yeah, that was, in the, that was in a Flash issue, wasn't it? That was in Titans, actually. Oh, okay. Because we found out that one of his offspring, or one of his descendants, was actually Roy Harper, uh, Arsenal, <coughs> wow. who at the time, I believe, was going by the horrible, horrible name of the Red Hood, or the Red something. The Red... Red Arrow? Red Arrow. The yeah, Red Rash? That's what it was. The Red Red Wine. He make you feel so fine. He keep you rocking <laughs> all of the time. Yeah, that was a long tagline for a comic. <laughs> it was. It lasted one issue. Yeah. They ran out of yeah. ink. Well, you know, they, the cover was, cover was pretty much all words. Yeah. And, and, you know, the problem was that all of the, it turns out that the people reading that book were old because, you know, you'd be 40. Right. Wow, wow. I like the uh, Vandal Savage where the uh, Superman, no, 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 Superman no, no. goes to the future. You sad trombone me after what you have done today. <laughs> I like the uh, one where Superman goes to the future and Vandal Savage is, is there and he basically helps correct the timeline by sending Superman back. And uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, Justice League Unlimited, yeah. Yeah, that's not a real story about Vandal Savage. Yeah, sure it is. It's got Vandal Savage. It's uh, not? That's a cartoon story. That's a cartoon story. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cartoon, <clears throat> cartoons uh, cartoons that are, are an inferior medium. They are. <laughs> Obviously. It's all like comic, comic books are stuff. cooler. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody, head over to Majorspoilers.com, cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. And when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about 100 Bullets. But first, here's a summary of the Gen Con. Uh, phoned in from uh, one of our listeners. Take a listen. Hi, guys. It's Matt Quiet again. I wanted to tell you about Gen Con from this year. 
this year I got to see a couple of the guest honors. Walter uh, Koenig was there from Star Trek, looking a little old, but he was still happy to be there and greeting fans. And then I got to meet Angus Abramson from Chronicle City. It's a UK uh, gaming company. They're really kind of exploding right now with a lot of companies that they're working with to get a lot of good gaming stuff out. Um, there was a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, there were some balloon animal builders that built a giant ninja turtle that they kept switching the mask on and uh, rotating it between the four ninja turtles. And then there was um, also a giant Cthulhu that they built over the weekend, and then they uh, sold the right to kill it at the auction for Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Indiana. Um, there was a game that was played all throughout the con called Zombies vs. Humans. Um you play the human until the zombies killed you, and then you went around and tried to kill all the rest of the humans. And, of course, there were lots and lots and lots of costumes. There was a big costume contest on Saturday. Um, lots of people showed up. Lots of people in great, great costumes. And uh, a lot of fun was had. Um, and then there are some games and companies that I got to experience, and you guys ought to keep an eye out for. Uh, the Firefly uh, board game was demoed and um, shown at the at the at the show. Uh, it's from uh, Gale Force 9, and it, it seems to be a lot of fun. I played a couple of rounds of it. They did a really good job of grabbing the feel and the spirit of the game, or of the show, and really bringing it alive in how it was played. Also, the Pathfinder Adventure card game. For those of you who like D&D, Pathfinder's kind of like that. Um, they have a new adventure card game out um, that allows you to take your character and level it up there, and you get to play around with it, and it seems to be a lot of fun. And Paizo is really, really looking like they're going to support support it and get it uh, get it out and get lots of supplements out for it. Um, so we're gonna go, switching over to Cryptozoic, um, they have a DC deck building game. Uh, they're going to release a new expansion for that um, sometime in uh, November or December. I got to look at some of those cards. Um, the first, the first base set was just the seven Justice League members that everybody knows and loves, and then this one looks like it's going to have a bunch of. You're still big names, but like uh, Nightwing and that kind of stuff. Um, looks like that's going to be a lot of fun. Upper Deck released their uh, legendary Marvel deck building game expansion called Dark City. Um, I didn't get a chance to check that out much, other than to look at all the the nice box art that they had there. Um, I got to meet John uh, Kovalik. And, um, of Munchkin art fame and uh, got to talk to him about his uh, new game, Raffle. It's also from Cryptozoic. Um, it's a really fun game. We played a couple of rounds at it, of it at the other night at Dean Dinner. It's really worth looking out. Um, and then uh, the last game that I wanted to mention was 13th Age. It's a lot of fun. It's a role-playing game. Pretty easy to learn, but it's a lot of storytelling mechanics. There was a lot more there. There's way too much to cover. I've talked for a long time. But if you have a chance to go to Gen Con, you should. If you don't, you should check out some of the online articles. I submitted something to Stephen today for True Dungeon to explain all about that. That was awesome, too. And uh, we have lots of interviews over on our podcast, uh, Nerds Domain Podcast on iTunes. And we will talk to you soon. Hello there, uh, Major Spoilers, and most specifically to uh, Mr. Peterson there. I would very, very, very much like to thank you for what you said on the 31st of July this past year. During your riff, uh, you went and said everything in flash speak. So 
with uh, some people that I know involved in the recording industry as well as some others who are involved in uh, some uh, physics. What they did was they got their minds together and they were able to slow down what you said in Flash speak enough and what you happen to say. I can kind of understand why you do not want the world at large necessarily say it, but I don't know what can I say. Quote, Slappy is the best. Period. He is one of the best people I do not know, and I really wish to meet him. He is the most caring, wonderful person I have never met. Oh, please, can I be more like Slappy? Hold the mail. End quote. Thank you very much, Mr. Peterson. That made my day. Uh, thank you for calling in that summary of Gen Con, and yes, thank you. Thank you, Slappy, for calling in and giving us a breakdown of, of, of Matthew's uh, message there. Um, hmm. Uh, and listeners, if you would like to contribute to the Major Spoilers podcast in some way, shape, or form, all you have to do is call the Major Spoilers hotline. Matthew, that number is... 785-727-1939. The Major Spoilers. You know, I'm just going to... Slappy. Hotline. <laughs> Want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Tweaked Audio. When you head over to tweakedaudio.com, use the checkout code MAJOR for 30% off uh, your price, whatever you buy. You could be buying, holidays are coming up, you know, that Labor Day gift giving season. Yeah, it's just of, around I heard, the corner. I heard about this. You might want to buy one for Getting all of excited. your friends. You go over to tweakedaudio.com, you buy them uh, headphones with or without microphones built in, all shapes, colors, sizes. All sound awesome. And best of all, with that major code, you get 30% off your price. TweakedAudio.com. That's where you need to go. All right. 100 bullets. Brian Azzarello, uh, Dave Johnson uh, in this first trade. Uh, the, uh, what is this one? First Shot, Last Call is the mm -hmm. title of this trade. Um, I did not get the trade on this one. I went over to uh, Comixology. They, I, I thought they might have a collected trade. Uh, but they don't. They just have all 100 issues that they want you to pay $1.99 for. And I went with that. I figured, why not? not no, 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 no. It's not too they bad. They cost more than that original. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they first put them up. Um, but uh, we're going to take a look at this this week. Now, in the trade, there is an extra story. Now, what, what, 100 Bullets had a preview issue somewhere at some point. Um, yeah, back in the day, the Vertigo uh, had an actual Vertigo magazine. Line. Yeah, and they would do periodic little bits and pieces and they would do the oh, vertigo summer spectacular ah, and see. the vertigo winter's edge oh right. so that's where this one's called winter's right. okay right it was basically like a, a christmas special featuring smidgens and bits of different things you get like a sandman and a robot man or now was this before was, was this before the series came out like was I this like a, a teaser for the series to come well let's see when did the series kick off 99 is what I want to say. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the Winter's Edge been, came out. 100, 100 Bullets has been going on since 99. Uh, yes, yeah, went for 100 yeah. issues. Um, according according to my careful prosthesis, the Winter's Edge came out in January of 2000, which means it was probably on the stands November of 99. So, so the first issue of... After. Yeah. yeah, so the first issue of 100, 100 bullets, bullets came out in August of 99. Yeah, so it would have been soon after. Yeah. But it would have been after. Yeah, I bet you it was a, a little hype story. So what like, goes hey, on? Are you reading a hundred bullets? You should be. So what guys. goes on yeah. in this Winter's Edge uh, story? I don't remember. It's actually pretty cool. Um, it takes place in a police station. 
Hmm. And it's it's one of those little it's basically designed to be a vignette. So you see characters trapped in the police station and there's scum and, and you know, gang people and prostitutes and, and nasty, horrible people. And this sweet little old lady comes in and says, I'd like to confess to murder. <laughs> and in Kansas? At, in can No, it was not in Kansas. It was a murder in whatever city they're in. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. <laughs> the, yes. The mur- Did you hear about the murders in Sheboygan? But throughout the, it's a really quick story. It's like six pages. We see little character bits and she explains what's happened. And apparently there was a man who wronged her because he didn't do anything about the lead paint in their house, which led to her son eating lead paint chips and, you know, having problems because of it. And a man came to her and gave her a case, an unmarked case with an untraceable gun and 100 untraceable bullets. But she feels too guilty. And as the story ends, and it's a really kind of an ambiguous ending, it's kind of a thing where the police, they just let her go. And it seems that possibly one of the police officers now has the 100 bullets Mm. and the gun. So... So for those of you who are not familiar with the concept of 100 Bullets, 100 right. Bullets is the story. Well, it's actually kind of an anthology of stories, kind of like mm-hmm. almost like a Twilight Zone, where we get introduced to a character and all the woes that have been put upon uh, that character through life. Uh, in the first one, we get introduced to uh, Dizzy, Dizzy. Uh, Dizzy who's a, a former gangbanger in Los Angeles, and she's been in jail all these years, and her husband and her uh, daughter were killed, and she doesn't know who did it, but... This mysterious agent Graves comes up and says, in this briefcase, you will find all the evidence and proof that you need to know exactly who killed mm-hmm. your uh, your loved ones. Also in the case, a gun that is untraceable and 100 untraceable bullets. Do with the information that you want. Do whatever you want with these bullets. Go forth. Uh, in the second story in here, it's uh, a guy who was set up uh, framed for being a, a child pornographer. And uh, his life goes in the toilet and he finds out who, same thing, Graves mm-hmm. comes in and says, here's a briefcase, here's 100 bullets, go do what you want. So I'm yep. guessing, because I haven't read the entire series, but I'm guessing every issue basically is that way. There's um, actually a bigger arc that yeah. comes into play later. Okay. And things, the, the, the story behind Agent Graves and the things that led Agent Graves to be who he is become part of a larger arc. We kind of get a little, we get a little bit of that because in the um, Last Call uh, story mm-hmm. um the guy goes to shoot this woman teenager just goofing around on the computer she's all grown up now she runs this big uh, securities and exchange um she has this emblem with this hand on right. it with a with a number on it that we don't know mm-hmm. what that means but it's very important to her and um she talks oh i forget the guy's name lee lee yeah she talks lee, lee into just leaving the gun and she'll give him his life back and all this money and everything of course he gives her the gun and she promptly shoots him in the head and then picks up the phone and calls somebody who says we've got a problem with graves graves is still alive or something to that effect mm-hmm. and right. so yeah we do get the seeds planted even by issue five that right. there's something bigger going on with the the hundred bullets concept wise do you like this concept where here you go. It's your however you want to deal out justice. You can do it because you've been wronged. It's going to be untraceable. You will never be convicted of this crime. Is that a good premise, Rodrigo? I think so, especially because by the second arc, they buck it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like I my my biggest concern about this was going to be 
they always do it or right. whatever. And and there are a lot of permutations to what happened because basically the all of n- none of this stuff apparently at least at first because I've only read uh, these two arcs um, that were that are in the trade. Um, the it, it all works through people, so it's not magical. It's not like right, people right, right. pick up the gun and like forget stuff or anything Boom. like that. It's just that law enforcement agencies are immediately instructed not to pursue this person right. that has this and there's right. this gun in the system. Right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for what happens when someone else gets a hold of this gun. What mm-hmm. happens? Um, you know, and obviously, who are all these characters at the end of the very first story? Um. Graves is like, so what are you gonna do, Dizzy? And she's like, eh, no, no, no. he's like, yeah, you should just come with me. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> there's there's this idea that that we're gonna keep exploring it. You know, as a premise, it's interesting. Like the premise itself is interesting. Although I found myself not being terribly interested in the stories themselves. Right, right. We'll get into that in a moment. What about you, Zach? Is this a, a cool premise? Yeah, I really was really enjoying it. And I, like like Rodrigo, I was thinking, especially what ended up in that in that third issue of Dizzy's story being done, which I didn't realize until you get like into issue four, and you actually oh, we're done with that for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started wondering, well, what happens if like they just don't do it? Like, what happens if that happens? And then it yeah. is like, oh, well, th- that doesn't matter because he's dead now. Right. Which I thought was interesting because it's still flipping the concept. What they just uh, base pretty much the whole concept of the series on. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoyed it. I was like, that's interesting. I am waiting for someone to actually use more than like five bullets of the untraceable bullets. So. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's just like a really bad. Yeah, I was just like, like, why, why, are, why are we giving hundred bullets? If well, use like six so far. Well, so far very, the people that have used the guns well, so have been far, pretty good shots. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that very one. That, that one girl is very good. A shot from the custom room. Yeah. This is the hook. This is not the premise. Right. The the premise of this arc, these first two arcs, is not the overarching premise of the book. And so, as you read more, and we may or we may not. I can tell you that the point of that second arc with Lee was not to introduce us to Lee or to, you know, reinforce the premise of here's a gun. It was actually to introduce Megan. Right, right. Hmm. Megan is the important character, but they do it so incredibly subtly that you don't realize until the end of issue five that what you're supposed to get out of this is not Lee was wronged and got his revenge, but... Megan wronged Lee, and Megan can do whatever the hell Megan wants. And I think that, to me, is the the fascinating bit about... Because I had never read those two issues. I actually read the first three issues, and I, I read it the same way I read Preacher. Periodically, I'd read a few issues, and then I'd mm-hmm. drop it, and I'd pick up a trade. So I've read the first three issues, and then the third and fourth collected trade. And, of course, I've read the last issue, because I've read the last issue of everything. It's kind of my shtick. But yeah, the uh, I like the initial premise that's set up here, and I like the fact that by the end of the third trade, it's been completely subverted into something much bigger and yeah, even scarier. I, I think that the because I bought these a while ago, and I read like the first issue, and I kind of maybe I read the first. I must have read the first three issues, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is the premise. I'm not going to read anymore because mm-hmm. it's going to be the th- same thing every every week. Agent Grave shows up. Here's a gun. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, the person exacts their revenge in some way, shape, or form. Uh, in Dizzy's case, she doesn't kill the uh, the person who's really behind the death of her her family, um, but she takes out revenge in her own way, and she moves on, and she has to let that go. 
Then when I read the um, the second two issues and realized, oh, there is a bigger story going on here, and certainly you can go get it all spoiled if you head over to wikipedia.com. Um, but um, Org. Oh, is it org? Okay. Um, but uh, I find now the seeds being planted for something that I want to read more of. And the good thing is it's a, it's a finite series. Mm-hmm. You only have to read 100, 100 issues, mm-hmm. and it's done. <laughs> Now, whether whether the the story just drops off and loses itself for fifty issues and then comes back really strong, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a shared universe, so you kind of you weave in and out of different people's. Yeah, stories. I'm, and I'm interested to see if any of these people come back. Like Dizzy, yeah. what's her what's her deal mm-hmm. in issue five? The guy who pops up in the Hawaiian shirt and is just kind of floating around, he is very important later. Hmm. That, that's Lono. Oh, because so, there's a new series going on right now, 100 Bullets. Right. Uh, 100 Bullets Lono, of Lono becomes or whatever. a key player in the book down the line. Right here, our introduction to Lono is, you know, he's a, he's a thug. Just like our introduction to Megan is you think you're getting one thing, but it actually turns out that the, hmm. the moral of the story is there's no moral to the story. But <laughs> it's it's one of those things where as you get into it and when they really start Throwing the background at it, it goes from being kind of a a series, you know, a kind of a story of the week thing, like an episode of The Prisoner. Right. Can we find the one armed man this week? No. Okay, maybe next week. It really turns into more of a, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the L word here, but I, I'm using it in a positive way. It turns into more of a lost scenario where there are things going in and out, and there's mysteries and overarching things, and people with different agendas. To the point where you get, oh, wait, that, ex, you know, issue 61 explains what Lono was doing in the last pages of issue five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but of course, we don't we don't know that. I mean, that can be an incentive well, for people to read. Because I well, read we issue don't. 61. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, there are, I think, some definite hooks that make this somewhat interesting. I also find that there's a lot of problems with this first arc. Do you have What are your problems, Rodrigo? Uh, my main problem is that. I, I think it's a little. I think it's slow. Yeah. I think. Mm. I think this could have well been. How many issues is it? Is it three five issues. issues. Five. Dizzy story is Dizzy, three issues. Yeah. This story is three issues. Right. I think this could have been two issues Dizzy easily, story, yeah, yeah. and and poten- <laughs> potentially it could have been one. I mean, there you do find a lot of stuff, but you're introduced to a lot of characters. There's a who, lot of stuff that who does maybe not who maybe come into play later on in the 100. But but I guarantee you, if they do. You're going to have a lot of trouble going back and being like, who was this? Oh, this was like Dizzy's cousin right. or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're introduced to a lot of people. They like paint this really nice picture of this girl who lives in this neighborhood and hangs out with these guys. And she's kind of having trouble adjusting and stuff. But you don't get into the meat of and, – and, and actually, you're kind of given snippets of things. Right. But not in a very mysterious way, just in a way that it's like, okay, now this happens – now she goes and visits this person, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets yelled at by her mom, and then this happens. So my my main complaint about uh, this trade is that Dizzy's story is basically, what, 20 pages too long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the biggest problem, especially in Dizzy's story, is this came out in 99, mm-hmm. and I don't know, this is one of the problems of using slang a lot, is it yeah. instantly yeah. makes the book it feel it. super dated. And in this case, where you're in um, the, you know, the ghetto area of Los Angeles and you've got people with 
a lot of specific words that were used in like 99. When you read it here, it's just like, ugh, really? Um, and I understand you're trying to write to the lingo of people at the time. It's just makes the book feel dated. And that's, I think was my biggest problem was the, that mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Do you, you have some, some cons about this series? Uh, yeah. Again, just from the, the dizzy, uh, section, there was just so many characters that were built up that I don't, I mean, I'm hoping in future issues they come back because if they don't, then I was just really confused for like eight pages and trying to keep everyone straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I hope um, that those people are actually recurring some at some point in the series and affect her story in a in a, in a grander way. Um, but that was yeah, just all those sequences that didn't amount to a whole lot besides just like building up her life and how horrible it was. Mm-hmm. That was my main issue. I, uh, yeah, I had nothing really from the Lee story that bothered me too much. Actually, I thought that one was the right mm-hmm. length. Mm-hmm. It was the right length. Yeah, Matthew, but the are- Lee story had had issues for me, which happens a lot when I get into modern crime fiction, um, or in in this case, modern comic book versions of crime fiction. Is everybody in these comics? is just a either either a complete loser or a complete bastard. And there's, you know, the cursing and the darkness and everybody is lost and everybody is aimless and you know there's strippers with hearts of gold and there's evil people and nobody not even Agent Graves in the Lee arc feels like a character so much as a role to me. Mm-hmm. Especially Lee himself, you know the sad sack, the bad things have happened to him and now he's got the a chance to regain the power and, and avenge himself on the people. And I'm just like, I, I don't like him near as much as I like Dizzy. And I think part of the reason for that is because of the extra time spent on Dizzy as a character. You know, the, the very things that, that Steven doesn't care for about that first three issue arc, I think are the best parts about it is that it puts the character, it puts you, the reader really into that character's life. Now, from this, just reading this trade, if I'm saying this trade and this trade only, does it feel like it's paced right? I agree, it does not. And I think part of the reason for that is because I know that they were playing a long game because I've read other parts of the long game. But yeah, just looking at this arc, I think that the problem I have with it is the darkness of Lee's story specifically feels a little manufactured. Mm-hmm. he's in this bar and there's a guy who keeps a woman who's beating on another guy and two guys who smack each other around. And his boss is this, you know, diminished bastard. And he's in love with this woman who dances naked for money. And well, you know what this, what this really feels like in this trade. And again, not knowing what goes on in the mm-hmm. rest of the series, because we're looking at this as standalone. Uh, this really feels like vertigo trying to do a sin city. And in, 99, Sin City is still a really big, popular uh, thing going on with Dark Horse. And that's kind of well, what Sin this Sin City was like never this. popular. No. Sin City was never popular. Oh, People okay. tell you, you it is, education. but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ever. It was just. So, so what's good like about it, Rodrigo? Um, I think that it does a good job of um, generating. A, a good mystery for you to want to solve. Um, 
I think that I don't know. I kind of went back and forth on the art. Um, there are moments when the art seemed really good. There are moments when, um, I think in in clever ways, it kind of looks like the artist was like, I don't actually feel like drawing this panel. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, and then like, and then did something clever to not have to draw the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if if I went back through and like flipped through the pages and I was like, okay, well, there's a couple of things that kind of stood out to me. Went back through, looked at the pages, and it's not all over the place, and it's not every time. And, and I mean, in Dizzy's story, I actually don't remember if the other story is drawn by the same guy. Um, no, it's it a different is. guy. Yeah, it's a different yeah. person. But in, in Dizzy's story, I was like, yep, there's like, I would say between all three, there's probably a good two, there's probably a good four instances where I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this probably didn't need to be in silhouette or like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like here's just like a panel with just Dizzy's eyes, and it's mm-hmm. like it's cool, and you can say, "Oh well, this is the only important thing," or it's like to show her determination or something. But also, it kind of looks like the guy just didn't want to draw her face. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess it kind of brings I, up in, or trying to bring into that noir. Yeah, feel. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah, I can again. It's like I, to me, it looked like somebody who was maybe on a deadline, like a really tight deadline, and had to take a couple of solid shortcuts to, yeah. to, to finish something. But other than that, I really like the art. What about you, all, Zach? All five issues were drawn by the same person, by the way. Were they? Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, Eduardo Riso. Mm. Uh, good parts. And besides the kill to get revenge on whatever people screwed you, and you'll never know. And I think that's, maybe that's a lot, maybe that is a lot what I liked about these issues. And maybe that might be the only thing, just because I liked, see, I like seeing how people handle a situation that is completely um, morally skewed, but will satisfy them in some deeper way. Yeah. Even though that it, it's it's like that feeling of what would you do if you could, and I think people probably think about that a lot about what what would happen, what would you do if you were faced with the option of of getting revenge on a person who hurt your life or hurt your family or everything. And I think it handles in these five issues, that question in an interesting manner in a way that feels real. Cause I could, I can see dizzy being the one who would extract her revenge on the people who actually did it, did the shooting to kill uh, her family. And then placing her family kind of on a higher plane to not extract the revenge that was really necessary for her brother. Yeah. And but then I can feel I can since that feeling of Lee of he wanted his family back but he was willing to do some really weird dirty things yeah. to get it back and then get to a point better than when he had his life destroyed and then still dying. Um so I think it handled that concept and idea really well okay um i i enjoyed the story i think the story is good i think it's entertaining i think it's engaging um i think that there are some datedness issues that still bother me um i agree with you a bit on the on the art rodrigo although i think overall the art is really really good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah for me I, i'm going to continue to read this i want to see what happens next in this story you guys feel the same way matthew yeah this is one of those series where, to be honest, if I wanted to read it all, I would have done it by now. It's something that's interesting to dip into 
at random and just, you know, kind of like a book of short stories. I'm just going to read something and boom, there it is. I find that much like Sin City and the Sin City paradox, you know, that that comparison that you made is a very, especially in these era issues, a very, very apt one. Um, it's not necessarily something that I had thought heavily about, but the same things that I dislike about Sin City that drive me away from that book are the problems that I have with 100 Bullets. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like it. I like Azzarello's writing, but there's something about a story where as wonderful as the writing is and as interesting as it is, where you just kind of hate everybody in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there is not a character in 100 Bullets that I like. Dizzy is probably the closest, but even so, there is not a character in 100 Bullets that I actually have any real affection for. So there, there's only so much schadenfreude of let's see how Lono gets horribly killed that can make me pay two ninety nine for a hundred months. So, yes, I do want to read more, but I don't necessarily feel the pressing need to rush right out in a buying frenzy. It's more of a if it falls into my hands, I'll definitely read it. Okay. The trades that I read, I actually read from the library back when I had a job where I could read a lot. Mm-hmm. Bottom line for you, uh, Rodrigo. It takes a lot for me to be interested in a crime story. Mm-hmm. Or, or read a crime book. Really, like, uh, you know, gritty crime is not something that I'm into in, in almost any, in, in, in most media. Sure. Y- you know, I'm not into crime video games, I'm not into crime movies, and I'm not into crime comics. Mm-hmm. So 100 Bullets gets very close to, to, to drawing me in, um, but not quite. And I think it's probably because there's, like, it's, it's like, in order for... For a, a crime book to actually be interesting to me, it has to turn out to not be a crime book. Oh, yeah. mm. um, and 100 Bullets kind of hints at that, but I, I get the feeling that I'm going to read at least four more issues before it turns into oh, the yeah, conspiracy yeah. story mm-hmm. that it probably becomes and I might actually like, but don't have the patience for. Okay, Zach? I'm, I would be willing to read at least probably the next arc of this to see how it shapes up and what it looks like for the future before I'm like, oh, yeah, just give me the rest of the 90 blah, blah, whatever issues yeah, yeah. to read and go through. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, they, they put some stuff in there that looks like it'll pay off in the future, but it's 100 issues. How, I mean, you're going to put a lot of stuff in there to get through 100 issues. You are. Yeah. And we will see what happens. All right, listeners, I think that wraps it up. Matthew, you you gave your final thoughts, right? Pretty much. Did I? Yeah, I think you did. Okay. Well, I don't know, did I? <laughs> I was looking something else up. Yeah, real, I know. Real quick. So that wraps it up. I was issue. talking. So. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this with all of your friends. You can uh, follow us at Major Spoilers, at Fearsome Critter, at Mighty King Cobra, and at ZWolf over Z-Wolf. on Twitter. And, of course, Chill you can check out. us out I'm online at Majorspoilers.com. Next week, I think we're going to take a look at Peter Panzerfaust. It's a Ooh, series that Zach yeah. is a big fan of. Yeah, I read the first volume. Peter Panzerfaust, volume one, next time Does on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics, we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. 
Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, and I think I found better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set though Copyright 2013.